I started running seriously at 44 after always enjoying it. I had a good run and, and then suddenly I had a letter. To be honest, I thought it was a, a joke. And then I read through it and uh, got a bit about, you know, the chance of wearing the England kit. My wife said, well, you've got to do it. Hello, thank you for listening to the England Athletics podcast. Coming to you here from a cafe in Stevenage. So we are literally touring the country. So far in the series, you've heard from Dame Jessica Ennis-Hill, Dina Asher-Smith, Tom Bosworth, along with the likes of Tony Minicello, Aston Moore and Catherine Merry. We've covered coaching, recognised volunteers, and have discussed why clubs we've visited are so successful. Later this episode, you'll hear from a Masters athlete about what it was like to make his England debut. But now it's time to talk about how you can get involved in shaping what's happening not only at your club, but in your region and beyond as well. Basically, there are some proposed changes to the volunteer-led council system across the country, and Chris Jones is here to talk about them. Good morning, Chris. Morning, Alex. Just outline what is the council system? So the council system is our democratic voice for our members, uh, the 1,400 or so member clubs uh, and 300 or so member bodies across England and of course 170 odd thousand registered athletes and runners who make up England Athletics. Uh, It is based around a regional model that's been in place since 2005 and despite numerous changes in both our strategic direction and operational structures during that time it's, it's remained as it was in 2005. So a number of factors prompted a review led by the England Athletics Board about 12 months ago with the establishment of a task and finish group which was chaired by one of our board directors and had representation on it from our national council, our current national council, uh, our member clubs, county associations and one or two other uh, existing volunteers working within the sport. We have eight at this current moment in time, eight councils with the Midlands formally being split into West and East, uh, now operating under one Midlands council. And we thought that in reviewing our council structure it would help us to put a system in place that would make England Athletics more accountable, uh, engage with our members more effectively and make more informed decisions on the important matters facing our sport. The proposals that we're making look to build and evolve the current system Uh, rather than any kind of radical change, if you like. It's a difficult balance, isn't it? You know, you want to harness what is good about the current system and the good people that are currently involved, but also add to it and and improve it. So, yeah, it's been a 12-month process. We're now putting some proposals to a general meeting on the 30th of January at Holborn Bars in London. Uh, People will be able to be part of that meeting by proxy. So that means if you can't make the meeting, you can still be part of the voting process and details of how you can be involved uh, are on the England Athletics website. So we'll be looking to the current eight regional councils under these proposals will become 10 regional forums and uh, we'll be looking to split the Midlands back into East and West uh, because just the sheer size of that area has proved too difficult under one banner. Uh, And we'll be looking to split the South East into two uh, because the South East is such a large area for people to commit from the kind of east coast across to Oxfordshire is a real challenge and getting people in one room or as part of one meeting to have an informed discussion around important matters facing uh, an area as large as the southeast, we think this would help to address that. So we're moving from 
eight councils to ten forums under this model, but we'll keep the National Council in place, which is an important mechanism for bringing together the, the councils as are at present, or the forums in the future, to share common interests and make sure that we can uh, make sense, if you like, of some of the feedback coming from the ten forums uh, up to the Board of England Athletics, which hopefully will help us to make informed decisions on challenges and opportunities facing the sport. We would be looking to recruit members to each of those forums through either the election process, which takes place in this country every two years, and in fact uh, will kick into play from February and March with this new system, if ratified on the 30th of January, taking effect from April the 1st. So the election process is really important. The election process, I have to say, uh, here and now uh, is here to stay. Actually, we're streamlining the election process to make it easier for people to stand to serve on these forums, or councils as they're now called. So essentially, at present, if you want to stand for election to one of the regional councils, you've got to get a number of signatories. And uh, what we're doing here is reducing that to one signatory um, to be able to stand for election. So we think that will help to attract a broader representation on forums, we hope. It's important that people understand that each one of these forums will continue to have a seat on the National Council and the National Council will also have two places on the Board of England Athletics, which has happened uh, since conception really. So there will be two members of National Council who will serve as directors on the Board of England Athletics. So we are a diverse sport as we know, we are 50-50 men women split roughly in terms of participation base so there should be a balance when it comes to gender representation on these forums there are 40,000 people who did track and field performances in our sport in the last 12 months and the majority of those are under the age of 20 we know that most of the growth in terms of participation is coming through off-track running and the majority of those individuals are over the age of 30 and most of the growth is coming from women and girls we're an inclusive, we're a para-sport. We need to make sure that our representative structures mirror the participation base as much as we possibly can to make informed decisions about their involvement and their provision within the sport. So what roles and responsibilities will forums have under the changes? So first and foremost, they'll have a primary inbuilt role around consultation. And of course the board will have a responsibility there working with the National Council to set themes for the 12 month period on consultation. So if a regional forum meets four to six times a year, either in person or virtually using technology, then there will be a number of themes for discussion that the board would like some views on and regional forums are the best place to do that. We'll be asking regional forums to organise in partnership with our local staff a series of uh, ad hoc local club forums as well. Some of these take place already across the country. Uh, I've been to existing club forums in Derbyshire, uh, Staffordshire, uh, east of England uh, over the last 12 months and that will now be formalised as part of this uh, change as well. Opportunity as I've mentioned before for people to serve on forums through being elected members uh, for a total of eight years if they serve their full terms. So that's two four-year terms. Um, and an opportunity for forums to co-opt a number of people uh, with different skills and experiences, etc. Now that provision is already uh, there and available for forums, but we'll be, we'll be looking to promote and market the opportunities for people to join forums more than we possibly have in the past. As I mentioned, forums will play a key role in uh, making decisions on annual regional award winners as well through our volunteer awards program, that will continue and also each forum will play a key role in advising and supporting our member services team around the decisions they make on 
uh, admitting new clubs to be members of England Athletics. So what does this mean for existing councillors who already do some great work? So existing councillors can continue to serve on the forum structure, um, providing they haven't served their, their full eight-year term. As I explained before, you serve for an initial four years, then you can stand for re-election and serve another four years. And so if people are still in that system and have time on their side, they can continue to serve if they wish. Hopefully they will help to evolve and develop this system beyond the 30th of January, because we've got some outstanding people on the existing council structure and we need to work with them to kind of develop this and implement this new approach. All the documentation that's now on the England Athletics website does include a list of the proposed dates for regional forum meetings, national council and board for 2019, so that gives potential candidates an idea of what's involved. Hopefully the FAQ sheet that's on the website will help people who are interested in standing as part of the elections to uh, appreciate what's involved as well. We've also done a summary of the before and after changes, so what the current system looks like and what this proposed new system would look like if ratified on the 30th of January, so hopefully that will be, be useful for people alongside the articles of association and what they look like um, further to these uh, changes that we're proposing to bring into play and as just to reiterate anyone who can't make the meeting physically on the 30th of January this general meeting where we'll be looking to put these proposals to a vote can be part of this via proxy uh, process which is a well-established process that we use for our annual general meeting every year and um, details of how that uh, works are also included on our website as well so we'd encourage people to read the documentation and consider what it means for them. How would a regional forum operate then? So it's important to note that we're looking to encourage forums to um, work in quite a flexible way. So rather than having to get all the forum members into one room in one designated part of a region, the provision for virtual meetings with people dialing in via Skype, via Google Hangouts, via conference call, that should be uh, a matter of course. People lead busy lives as we know. We're going to Put the onus, if you like, or um, sort of ask regional forums to do what is right in terms of approach for their designated regional area. But I think the fact that we're now going to ask forums to meet um, within a certain period of time before National Council meets and the National Council meets before uh, the England Athletics Board meets, that kind of sequencing of meetings will help to get a free flow and clear flow of information feeding from regional forums all the way up to the England board and that's going to be the approach that we take moving forward. So we're looking at introducing a full induction program for forum members and a program of training as well for people to be able to provide to deliver the role, the consultative role as a forum member as effectively as we possibly can but of course some of this might have to be online training, some of it will be optional, just pull together a series of programs or courses for people that they can do in their own time to help them in their role. Other people of course will bring with them experience from their own work background and that and of course that's great as well so the needs for supporting those might be less. Thanks Chris. Now for our featured interview this month, England Athletics caters for all ages starting at under 11s going right the way through to Masters level and something that's been developed in the last few years has been the age group representation program that sees athletes represent England. It's recently been announced that the Maidenhead Half Marathon is one opportunity to do so next summer, while last year there was a chance to do so at the Chester Marathon. Some of those involved had taken up running later in life, while others have been plugging away for some time. Philip Ibe was delighted to get the opportunity to represent his country. 
and he's been speaking to Dean Hardman. So Philip, first of all, can you just give us a little bit of information about yourself, the club that you're a member of and your, and your background in the sport? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a member of um, South London Harriers. I started running seriously at 44 after always enjoying it. I only took it seriously at the, in my 40s. Um, I did some good times at, in my late 40s. I ran three, just over three hours twice, but obviously since getting older, your times on your targets become different. They do, but you, obviously you're now in the M65 age group. And would you say that maybe even though the overall time that you run for the marathon is slower than when you were in your 40s, perhaps your performances are, are better, if that makes sense, because you ran 3.28.26, I think, chip time in, in Chester, which in your age group is obviously a really good run. Yeah, well, it's, it was, a, to be honest, um, the best I've run, I've run four races since 60. Best I've done with lots of uh, you know, back and hip injuries, which uh, are cut short, has basically been helped by um, Pilates, uh, which has corrected all my back and hip issues, and I don't seem to get that issue anymore. And uh, my best time was uh, 3.37, and I've done th- two 3.39s. So to, to run the time at Chester I did was was amazing because it it was totally unexpected and for me it was um, well a, a nine minute best at par post sixty but uh, <clears throat> as opposed to my time in Brighton which qualified me for Chester it was eleven minutes better and that was done at Brighton which is by all accounts maybe a slightly faster course I guess well it isn't isn't because um, uh, at five miles you have a very long hill climb um, of several miles that sort of takes it out of you and then when you come off that hill <clears throat> you don't get quite the same down um, to catch up on plus uh, the flat I was lucky that year but sometimes because it's a seaside course you suffer from wind so over and all I would say um, Chester's probably about the same to be honest about the same it hasn't got quite as much flat but um, I mean to do to do the to do that time on that course and to beat my time by that much was massive you're running in Chester in an England vest as part of our age group team which was a new initiative for us about 12 months ago where we've given masters runners the opportunity to qualify to represent England and then take that opportunity to to run for run for your country when did you first hear about the program and uh, you know you, you mentioned Brighton obviously that was your qualifier for it did it change your running at all knowing that you were aiming to qualify massively it's um well no I didn't know I was aiming to qualify um briefly um, um last year uh, you'll like to know this as a marathon organizer um London Marathon um, messed up my good for age uh, entry and um and by the time I realized they wouldn't let me back pay because the date had gone past and, my, and then because I hadn't got in for the ballot, because I thought I was in good for age, the club, my club wouldn't let me go in for the back club ballot for places because I hadn't got a rejection slip. And uh, so there's a couple of people being quite um, rules of rules sort of about it, and which quite which quite upset me, well, more than that. But I got over it, and because uh, I've never had a club place um, in all the years, and I'm a life member. Um, so I decided I wanted to run a marathon because of my age and I thought you'd never run another one maybe you don't know so ever and so I chose Brighton because it was near me and uh, had a good 
you know, run and uh, it was better than London because the weather was better. And then suddenly I had a letter from uh, Charlotte um, offering me to do this. And I, to be honest, I thought it was a, a joke because I didn't think I was... I, I didn't think it was that good. But the <laughs> email looked far too elaborate. And uh, then I read through it and uh, got the bit about, you know, the chance of wearing the England kit. And I just thought, my wife said, well, you've got to do it. You don't plan to do more than one a year, but you've got to do it because how many more chances? And so I just, and it changed my training completely because um, it put a bit more impetus in it. Plus, um, I travel a lot for business, as you, uh, all over, and I have to sort of fit my training around my job. And uh, I've done some sort of crazy training that maybe other runners wouldn't have attempted. One of one of the craziest ones was in Cambodia when I ran uh, 18, 19 mile run, and the only safe place to run was a, a, a one and a well 1.4 mile out, 1.4 back, and I had to do that God knows how many times in the evening when it cooled down. When it cooled down in the evening, um, in massive heat, and uh, had to have a water drop to uh, pick up every now and again and put you know drink it and then put the bottle empty one um and you know crazy runs but you know but that's i think uh, you have to have a little bit of determination and craziness to um, be able to achieve things in running so if you if you didn't have that mentality you wouldn't wouldn't be a runner you mentioned the club and and your, your wife there who, who encouraged you to do it presumably people at the club were aware that you'd qualified and sent their good wishes yeah, well, I, I kept it a little bit quiet because I didn't want to make a big thing of it. I told a few people, but uh, I put it on the club website, um, the pictures my wife took of the day and everything, and me with a medal and all that sort of thing. And, uh, and they all had loads of, loads of um, likes and congratulations, plus it was a very good weekend for my club in other fields, and other people achieved good results for the club. So they said it was one of the best weekends for the club you know, including my result for a long time. Yeah, yeah, so I was very pleased. Fantastic. Your experience on the day, you mentioned, obviously, you live in the south of England. You had to come all the way up to Chester to race. How did the day go? What was the atmosphere like? It was very good and exciting, but it's also, I felt quite relaxed because, obviously, with London, and I felt also Brighton was a bit more intense, and I just, and I think the atmosphere with... um, with part, and also because of all the people that it was like running for England, you know, you knew a lot of people you were bumping into and talking to were doing the same thing, and it was like running with lots of people from your club. So it became like a super club for the day, and uh, and so for, therefore it felt you felt as though you had a lot of support, even though you were miles from home. Obviously, people people still ran the course. Uh, we're, we're cheer, cheering and uh, it sort of gave a bit of extra feeling to the day because of that and uh, yeah and it was a it was a very you know it was a nice place to go to to run the race as well you know and uh, I really enjoyed it and even though I didn't get the medal at the end because I didn't come first in my age group you know the, the medal ceremony and everything else it was all part of the day you know it's uh, I always like to sort of look at the medal ceremony in, in races because it's it makes you feel part of it even you know you like to see other people's success certainly the, the probably the highlight of my year when we operate these teams um as you say just the, the just the atmosphere and all, everyone's friends and families also supporting them it, it's, a, it's a really good morning yeah exactly exactly and i mean I, I would to be honest i would go further to run for england i wouldn't i drove up on friday purposely 
Uh, I didn't want to drive, do the drive or the journey all in one day because I didn't want to affect my race on the Sunday because it's a long way. It cost me two nights in hotels and everything else, but that wasn't the point. You know, the point was that you were, it was a special event for me, you know. And now it's inspired me to, uh, to have a go at the uh, Veterans 10K. I'm not so much of a fast runner, I'm more of a, of a plodder. You know, I'm going to have a go at the uh, time for the, um, in Chichester for the 10K qualification. Already sort of hope that I might get chosen again for next year at, um, at York, I think it is, Yorkshire. Well, look, Philip, I really appreciate your time. And just once again, on behalf of England Athletics, congratulations to you and, of course, all the other people that represented England at the Chester Marathon this year. Thank you very much for talking to me. Philip I there talking to Dean Hardman about representing England and what that was like at the Chester Marathon earlier last year. Thanks for listening to this episode. As always, you can get in touch on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Of course, if you have any queries about the proposed changes, head to englandathletics.org. Until next time, though, thanks for listening and goodbye. You're listening to the England Athletics Podcast. Follow us on SoundCloud or subscribe on iTunes. Like, share and comment on social media.